Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. In the U.S., payment of student loans uh, have been paused due to the deadly pandemic. I'm truncating your messages. Dominic Nyako says, as though they were going to use their pocket money to pay the fees. Wicked people. It's actually, uh, you say, the MPP and their majority. Uh, this one says, um, so Curtis uh, claims for who says, so since when did Ghanaians start thinking that government would absorb tertiary fees for them? Did you even have that in mind when buying your forms in the per- uh, first place? Hypocrisy. So divergent views uh, on this uh, bit. Let me just acknowledge that we've been joined, uh, you know, on this show by Kofi Asari, Executive Director of Africa Education Watch. Uh, we had Aziz Tankonu, uh, a student in uh, Russia studying uh, reading architecture. There also was Oswell Annan, President of the Private University Student Association of Ghana. We also had uh, Divine, who is with the National uh, Union of Ghana Students. And then we had Samson Tagbo, a final year student at the University of Ghana. Well, coming up next, George Addo Jr. Uh, will be bringing us the locker room. But I didn't just come here and do this. Benjamin Akako is my name. I did this with the able support of Ernest uh, Kojo uh, Menu. But George Addo, locker room yes. uh, coming what should we expect? Um, yes, we're looking forward to the weekend. We've got such a special weekend because tomorrow we have live commentary on the game involving Accra Hartsburg and uh, Accra Great Olympics. And that's a big one. Oli Daddy. Oli Daddy. We've Oli got, Konson, Konson. Well, that's why. Oli Juli Ju. Oli, 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 Oli Rosalind. Oli, Oli Joy FM. Oli, 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 it shall be good for me this season. Oli, yes. Oli 99.7. Oli 99.7. So that's a special one. We'll go, we'll go through the other derbies. The Ashanti mm. derby as well is on between Kotoko and Ashanti Gold. But we've got some breaking stories coming in. Mm. Um, the band Calf President has been reinstated as we speak. We'll get into oh, that wow. little bit, yes. There was a game as well uh, in Bechem, Bechem versus Techiman 11 Wonders. There were so many issues because the coach wanted to be the referee and then, you know, he had to be stopped. So we'll go into all those issues for you. Mm. Plus, we'll talk about um, what is going to happen in England because remember, Chelsea have a new coach in Thomas Tuchel. We need to find out what's happening and we'll have a little debate at the end of the show. I might say United are really tied to contenders. Um, some are saying we because I'm a diehard Man United fan. Are, are you contenders? We are, you are contenders. You believe you are. So we'll have that debate. I'll see where it goes. Fantastic show coming up. The Locker Room is up next with George Addo Jr. Keep on listening to George, 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 George. 99.7 FM. Follow your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Adu Jr. 
Ghana Premier League action leads the way this sporting weekend with fans looking to crack us on Saturday and Sunday. First on the cards and live on Joy 99.7 FM is the meeting of the old rivals in Accra. Olympics up by two goals to zero. That's a good one. Brilliant goal from Samuel Abeasi. Magnificent strike. Obi Junior is the man who has put them in front. This is a sucker punch. Draw hearts of old. Lead by one goal to nail. Klasinawaku! Sweet! And it's a glorious moment for Klasinawaku. Samala turned around. Oh, lovely touch there again by Patrick Razak. Razak on the edge of it. It's a beautiful cross, Patrick Razak. And a cross Beautiful cross down the right-hand side. And he clipped that very, very well. A beat junior with a brace. Pulled the chestnut from the blazing fire here at the Crossbow Stadium. It's 2 all. The Manchester derby between Accra Hearts of Open Great Olympics is 24 hours away and talk of town. We previewed that and focused on their Dancy derby with Kotoko and Ashgold locking horns in Oboase. We have a complete preview of games, which includes the Western Regional Derby between Karela United and Mediama SE and Adriano Stars alongside other sides who will be battling for space above that Premier League log. In Europe, full club action returns and England leads the way with nerve-wracking encounters, one between the Londoners and the Mancunians. Partey, and he pushes the ball out. Good ball out here to Aubameyang on the run into the penalty. Aubameyang shoots, Aubameyang scores. Emil Smith-Rowe going up through the gears and attacking the Newcastle penalty. He's breezed into the box, pulls it back. Brilliant goal, 2-0. And he pulled back a good cross here. He's pinged it back to Aubameyang, who finishes with a cushion touch inside the six-yard area. Fleck delivers. De Gea doesn't get there, and it's ended up in the back of the net. And extraordinarily, Sheffield United have the lead. Kean Bryant, what a turn-up. Over it comes from Teller. Powerful header, really good header from Manchester United's captain Harry Maguire against his old club. Burke with a shot which is deflected into the back of the net. And incredibly, for the second time tonight, Sheffield United lead at Old Trafford. And there goes the final whistle. What an upset here. Arsenal, Manchester United up on our cards and easily headlines the EPL this weekend. We previewed the game, talk about the new faces of Chelsea. We think title contenders in a fierce debate later. And ultimately preview all games to come. In Italy, Serie A champions Juventus are looking to take advantage of slips by the Milan clubs. We focus on the title race there. And we're in Spain, Germany, France, ahead of the key weekend clashes. If you'd like to send us a message, we'd love to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 99.7 on Facebook, 0551-111-997. On WhatsApp or tweet at us at joysportsgh. We'll be in Cameroon to preview the quarterfinals of the ongoing Africa Nations Championships. And continue our preview to the first Grand Slam of the year with updates from Australia. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello for me, George Addy Jr. and welcome. And a big welcome to all of you Manchester United fans because later in the show we've got the chance for you to tell us whether you think your club are title contenders or not. So Manchester United right on the block. How about Manchester City? How about Leicester City? How about Liverpool? Who won against Tottenham Hotspur? That's a big debate coming up but of course we're going to be starting with quite a number of issues to go through. We're looking forward to all the derbies. That's a derby weekend in the Ghana Premier League but it's obviously one place to start from. If you've been following the news, we've got big news coming in right now from the Confederation of African Football. Yes, we know that Madagascar's Ahmad Ahmad has been dramatically restored as the Confederation of African Football President following a ruling by the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Joining me for some analysis right now on this as we try to uncover what's been happening there and how there could be a quick turnaround. If you've been following the story, you know he was banned. Gary Al Smith has joined me in studio as well. Muftau and Nabila Abdullahi joining me as well. Muftau, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, George. And uh, Gary joined me as well. Gary, how are you doing? Doing well, thank you, George. Yeah, yeah, you have a lot of work to do on the show. This is the first part of your job. <laughs> uh, it will be done nicely. Later on, we hear from uh, Rick Wampoff and, and all the guys as we go through it. But let's get into uh, the matters. Uh, first of all, Gary, uh, how did you uh, really receive the news? 
Well, I was told um, just about two hours ago that the Court of Arbitration for Sports were due to hear Ahmed's case. As you might recall, FIFA dramatically banned him from all football-related activities for five years. Yep. That was last November. Yeah. And um, he appealed the decision. The backdrop is that on the 12th of March, we are scheduled to have elections mm. for the next CAF presidency. So it was all in play. And he wanted the decision to come before so that he'll be able to stand for the elections. Yeah. And I'm sure Muftar will go into the technicalities of whether he'll be able to stand or not. But I was told two hours ago by, you know, one of a friend in one of the international media houses that yeah. we should expect a decision to be a surprise, mm. you know, because of what his sources at CAS had said. That's and so um, around an hour ago, an hour, 20, 30 minutes ago, the information from... Trickled in. Trickled in. And in, indeed, uh, Muftar was up there and, and he did hint, you know, some 30 minutes or 20 minutes before it was happening. Yeah, it was actually so, around 521. Uh, five, yeah, 521. That uh, I, I got the intel and I was discussing with Epstein yes. uh, about it. And Epstein was like, he's, he's certain PS Edwards who get this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and, so and, and at exactly 521, yeah, yeah. the letter dropped mm. and um, the source followed up with a text saying that. FIFA Ethics Committee has been overruled by CAS. Mm. They said his position as CAF president is to start pending a final decision on second stroke third March to decide if he can contest the elections. He is a candidate now. That is what uh, the source sent to me at mm. about 521. Mm. And uh, if you read the whole uh, CAS letter, it said that um, they applied for expedited hearing. Mm. And that means that on March 2, they will hear. March 3, they will give a ruling on whether Ahmad can contest. But as it stands now, he's not eligible to contest because okay. the CAS letter clearly stated that he is not still eligible to contest mm-hmm. until a final decision is taken. Uh, Gary, then of course we're expecting some more engineering to happen. Before yeah, that. so this is what they call a preliminary yes. verdict. So yeah. he's been restored. That position is as CAF president has been restored to him. Mm. But in the context of the election, remember FIFA has a stronghold on on everything that's going on because, yep. and he can't contest mm. in, as it as is. Stands, yes, much, because yeah. just recently, was it a week ago, mm. uh, Muftar, yeah. that FIFA oversaw the process of the of eligibility the, the calf, criteria. Calf governance committee. Yes, yeah. of the CAF governance committee. Yeah. So it means then that all the people who were passed to... Uh, be part of the election, the election, that decision was made within the last week or so. Mm, and indeed, yeah. it is only today that I hear Motepe um, was, was given the final go-ahead mm. to be part of the election, just today, just today. as well. So once Amat's name is not in that pool, he can't be part of the election. But as Muftar has explained, on the 2nd of March, they are going mm. to hear, on the 3rd, they are going to give a verdict. If he is passed, okay. then he would have a dramatic, what, eight, nine days to, <laughs> to campaign. Good luck to him on yeah. that. Yeah, I, no, but, I mean, so then, then how, you see, how, how realistic is it? Gary just mentioned. I know Gary understands the car politics so yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good luck <laughs> to him, Jay. You see, the interesting thing is that prior to this ban, yeah. about 46 federations had already thrown their weight about, uh, behind Ahmad to continue as car president. Yeah. Yeah. But since he's banned, it's going to be very difficult for him to catch up mm. with the likes of Augustine Senghor and Patrick Musepe yeah. and Yaya Ahmed. Mm. At this point, the politics is now going to be played based on whether you are able to win the confidence of Gianni Infantino or not. Or not exactly. If you're not able to win the confidence of Gianni Infantino, mm. as undertone sources had claimed that Gianni Infantino was the reason behind this ban, mm. following a decision of CAS executive committee somewhere January, mm. after they decided that um, Fatma Samura was not going to continue as a FIFA high delegate to Africa, yeah. when Gianni Infantino walked out of the CAF meeting and told them that they would know the power that governs football in the world, mm. people claimed that Gianni Infantino was the man behind this ban. Mm. Would Ahmad be able to convince him that we can work together? Because what you're saying is at the moment, the, the, the new cap president knows himself. Almost, almost, yeah. <laughs> no, not, not that. <laughs> almost, yeah. But, but the important but thing is, now, as we speak, yes. everybody and his dog <laughs> knows that the president of CAF is Gianni Infantino. All right. Everybody, yeah. knows, everybody knows that, yeah. right. Now, it is so bad, mm-hmm. bad in quotes, yeah. that we've been told that billionaire Patrice Motepe yeah. and Augustine Senghor yeah. have, as we speak today... Mm. Been been 
telling Gianni Infantino that if either of them wins, and that is the guarantee with which they were passed <laughs> through the integrity through the, test, yes. that if any of them wins, they are going to restore Fatima Samura <laughs> as the de facto boss of African football. Wow. So that is the guarantee. The, the ears are on the ground. Clearly, you see, the interesting thing is that this conversation, I had it with a CAF official who actually described CAF as um, the micro office mm. of Gianni Infantino. The person claimed that Gianni Infantino is macro-managing CAF. And Infantino has had about three different meetings with Mosepe. Three different meetings. Yeah. So what it means is that Infantino uh, or Mosepe appears to be the man that is winning the heart of Gianni. Gianni, Gianni. Gianni yeah. But people say Augustine Sengo. Mm. And the Avoran FA, uh, the Avoran government just recently invited Gianni to a meeting. Mm. And then they invited uh, the CAF uh, honorary president. Yeah. Uh, Change things, right? Isa Hayatu. Isa Hayatu. To a meeting. <laughs> The politics is getting to its crescendo. Yeah. And at this point, you'll be wondering whether Fatma would come back. If mm. Fatma is going to come back, that is going to be a card most of the people are going to use. And right. if they do, it's going to be interesting. But one man who is against it is the Tanzanian FA president. He's fighting it so hard. And I do not think that he can win the confidence of so many people to back him in this. Because those who need the power... Are working with the powers that be and not him. Yeah, well, and just to just to wrap a final up, point, yes. yeah, Sorry. final point. Yeah. I mean, Muftar had an interview with former uh, GFA Vice President um, George Free, where he he had a brief analysis of all the candidates, and he described them thus. He said, "Oh, Augustin Sengo is his good friend. You know, he has a lot of connections." And he described Patrice Motepe as his good friend as well, and he just called him simply a cashman. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know in these things, the cashman talk. Oh, yes, they do. You know, Patrice Mosipe, at last, um, his last net worth yeah. that we saw in August 2020 was $2.1 billion. Mm, mm, you know, mm. so, and Gianni likes cashmen. Yeah. So, so, so you got to do the cash. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, Muftal, let me say thank you very much for joining me on the show. A pleasure always, to always be here. pleasure to have you with Gary Alsmith will stick with me. And um, maybe, Gary, I should just take you on, on this one quickly because we know we're into the quarterfinals of the African Championship that's ongoing. Uh, very, very important with what we've seen so far. The games are to come tomorrow. There's Mali up against Congo. There's DR Congo up against Cameroon. And then on Sunday, we've got Morocco up against Zambia. And we've got Guinea up against Rwanda. Just quickly, what have you made of the, of the competition? Maybe I, I, just take, I take the two of you on that since you are still in calf. Exciting. So exciting. exciting. Yes. You I know, mean, Ghana is not there. That's, that's the yeah, bias. That's the thing. And, and that's why people are not really paying attention. But, good football. In, in this part of the world, the football has been yeah. better than good. Mm. They are going to struggle at the end of the tournament, George, to mm. have a top 10. Mm. That is how good the football has been. Mm. I don't know whether it's, you know, what we, we, we talk about when it comes to the COVID, people not being in the stadium and so the players feeling you know, more free or no freer yeah. to express themselves and whatever it is. But the football has been scintillating. It's been amazing. They've been end-to-end games. And the teams you, you mentioned yes, in the quarterfinal... They're, they're really good, strong. Yeah. Mali-Congo, very, very strong. Mali-Congo. Mali, of course, um, in the last three, four years, five years maybe, Mm-mm. their youth football across all levels been has been top-notch, which is why they've been producing players by the dozen now. I'll, lead, I'll leave um, or I'll need listeners to watch something. In the next three or four years, in the Premier League, we are going to have more Malians in the top four teams Mm. because the traditional picking grounds for the Premier League, that is the French League, is getting even more crack talent directly from Mali. You know, previously, just like right to dream here, the player will come from the African country and then go go and walk walk around and then go to France. No. They are picking them now directly from From Mali Mali and they are honing them because the Malian academies are doing the right things. Mm. Getting the players right from the schools, honing them, and are being trained by European scouts right there in Mali. Mm, mm, so mm, that's what's happening. Mm, so mm. I am predicting that in the next three, four years, it's across the yeah. yeah, yeah. So Mali are the te- one of the teams to watch, the favorites. Yeah. Congo, yeah. Um, if you saw our preview on my journey online, yeah. we did tip Congo as one of the teams that could potentially win the competition mm. as well. Mm. So we... Uh, it's not a surprise. We yeah. also tip DR Congo, DR Congo who Congo. are also in there. Former champions. And then Cameroon yes. as the host nation yeah. because of the host nation factor. Yeah. Then there's Morocco, who, as you know, mm. are pumping ridiculous amount of money in football to make sure it across works. board. Yes. Um, just a couple of months ago, we saw them 
sponsoring and paying for friendlies with the GFA. Yes. You know, they paid for everything yes. and flew yeah. their players here <laughs> to come <laughs> to and play, play friendlies. Yeah, yeah. Why? The grand ambition is that they want to position Moroccan football mm. as the next big thing in their tourism. Okay? Yep. And then market that in their ambition to get the World Cup. And all other competitions. So you know they've hosted a chance. Yeah. They want to do the Africa games. Yeah, they haven't given up the World Cup. No, 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 no. The, the, you see, the, the World Cup for yes. Morocco is a long-term ambition. Yeah. And just like Qatar, mm. they will go as far as they can to, to get, get it. it. That's right. Until they get it, they are not satisfied. <laughs> so at all yeah. levels, you are going to see that Morocco Zambia. are there. Zambia also are yeah. there as well. And um, yeah, we're Rwanda. going to have some good games. Very good game. I mean, Mufta, your question to interrupt this yeah. cup segment yeah. is: um, Now you've seen the teams play. I know sometimes if your 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 country qualifies, the dynamics yeah. is very very different. Yes. The dynamic will yeah. be different. But I mean, when you look at the level of play, then you have to look at what we've got in our Ghana Premier League. My problem is that most of our players are going <laughs> out by the by the end of the first round. We still lose some players. But what what do you think about you know quality standards? What do you think about standards? I, I just knew yeah. that was where you were driving yes, that. Yes. What do you think about standards? Considering yeah. the the kind of football we've we've seen at the Shan yeah. tournament, sometimes you you wonder if Ghana was there, whether we, we would have been able to do this. But oftentimes, mm. when we are able to take part in the competition, you always see our quality. I remember in 2009, when we went to Congo for the competition, uh, when we made it all the way to the final and we lost, uh, can you say of that, uh, uh, Mputugo, uh, then the following edition, which was in 2011, we went, unfortunately, under the late Herbert uh, Ado, we couldn't, we couldn't perform. Mm. Then, there was a 2014 edition where we made it to the final and lost to Libya. Since then, we've not been able to qualify. When we were able to take part in the competition, I think that 2014 edition, our best game came up against Nigeria when we were able to dramatically win that game in extra time to make it to the final of the competition. Yeah. But since then, you look at the quality of the Ghana Premier League and you continue to wonder. There have been exodus of players to other parts of the continent and beyond, but what we have recently, you go to the Ghana Premier League Centre and... You're asking yourself questions. Mm. Mm. We were there to watch Kotoko play uh, Adriana Stars. Yeah. And one of the players we've always touted as, uh, I guess one of the best midfielders we've had in the country for a while, could not even control ball or give accurate passes. Mm. If there was a chant team, this dude was going to be in there. Right. So, so the, the bigger concern now is the quality we've seen at the competition mm. seem to be above us. Mm. But I think if... If you are, qualify, the dynamics are different. If you qualify, the dynamics are always going to be different. Yeah, because the team but chemistry. what matters is mm. get the quality and you can qualify. If you yeah. don't have the quality, you, you qualify. cannot qualify. And that's what we've suffered in the last four, five, six years. Good, good. Thank you very much, Mutal. I'll, I'll let you go now. Gary Alsmith, will stay with me. Oreko Ampofo, uh, he's enjoying uh, the studio. <laughs> Not bad at all. But let's move away from CAF because we've told you uh, the channel is ongoing. So we'll look at the quarterfinals as we go through that. And again, uh, we'll be looking forward to all that happens. We'll be giving you the updates as we follow this Ahmad Ahmad story. If you're joining us, you know that he's been reinstated. But of course, he's still not eligible uh, to stand for that election, which is very important. Now, let's talk about the Ghana Premier League. It's match day 11 coming up. We've already had one game with so much drama in that. We'll talk about that shortly. But remember, we've got as, well, as many as four derbies to look forward to. again by Patrick Razak. Razak on the edge of it. It's a beautiful cross, Patrick Razak. And a cross of Oak. Beautiful cross down the right-hand side. And he clipped that very, very well. A beat junior with a brace. Pulled the chestnut from the blazing fire here at the Crossbow Stadium. It's 2 all. We've got the Mancha Derby for you. We've got live commentary tomorrow at 6 p.m. We'll talk about that. Oreku Ampofu, though, thank you very much for joining me. How are you doing, Oreku Ampofu? <laughs> How are you doing? Good, I'm good. Yeah, 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 you are good. Gary is still here with me. Gary is good, right? 
He is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoriko is good. He's a strong man. He's, he's had a long day. <laughs> yeah, very, very he's long day. He's been here since 6 a.m. Yes, that's the shows. job. The job is the job. <laughs> the game is the game. <laughs> Oreku, so tell us about the drama. Okay, so what we know is that um, Bechem United uh, beat uh, Teshima level once by three goals to one. Uh, the game ended with so many bad scenes. Pictures are, I mean, are flooding right now on social media. We have even seen some videos. A, a bit of it was even caught live on television. You know, uh, Coach Ignatius Fosu. Uh, just give us the story. What went wrong aside that scoreline? Well, for Coach Ignatius, if you've been following him throughout the season, especially at the beginning, he developed a reputation for himself where people likened him to Jose Moreno and Antonio Conte because of uh, how emotional he could get on the touch. Very animated guy. Yeah, eh? extremely animated. So you can tell that he's extremely passionate about the job and passion sometimes can move a bit to the other side and that's mm-hmm. the negative. And mm-hmm. that's what happened today. Uh, after the 70th minute, uh, he started you know, throwing jabs at the linesman. You know, they're usually close to the technical area of the coaches and started criticizing him, not agreeing with some of his decisions. And, uh, you know, his side ended up conceding a penalty to the same linesman. And then Ignatius started to insult him. This time, he wasn't just complaining. He was using, you know, words such as stupid and questioning his competence and how he even ended up as a referee. And, you know, mm-hmm. insults mm-hmm. as such. And then the referee had enough of it and turned around and... You know, he didn't insult Ignatius, but he went straight for his mom. Okay. So, I mean, he used the popular insulting tree. I'm sure you probably have an idea. <laughs> 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 when someone insults your mom, you yeah. probably know what I'm talking yeah. about. So, yeah, he says that and Ignatius replies asking, did you really say that in mm. tree? And then he says, yeah, that's what I said. And then he actually exaggerates it and stretches it. Mm. And so Ignatius also goes after his mother and father. And, you know, they just keep on going back and forth. So I think they moved on, but inside Ignatius, he didn't move on. Hmm. So right after the final whistle, you know, what made it painful was that um, Beijing United actually scored with almost the last kick of the game hmm. to make things worse. So they won 3-1. You're winning 1-0, 15 minutes to go. Your team has blown it. Leisman has insulted you. You've <laughs> lost... You could tell that his pride was probably gone. Yeah. He had lost everything within him and he lost control. Started speeding off to the linesman to attack him. And uh, eyewitnesses say that he was just about to hit the linesman. And the policeman came and aggressively had yeah, to drag him off the pitch. And I know people are saying that, look, he's not a thief. And, you know, you shouldn't be handling him like that. But we didn't see how aggressive he was mm. and how badly he was trying to attack that referee. He should probably thank his stars that he maybe didn't land a hit. It could have been the end of his career. So, <laughs> the, so, so, so that's the story. The end have ended up saving yeah. Him. yeah, really, Gary. So how do we look at this? I mean, which one would you be more worried about? I mean, the fact that a coach does this, um, and, and I know some also say that, oh yeah, well, I'm the referees and all that. First things first, you don't, you don't go punching, you don't go attacking, you don't go hitting anybody. Yeah. Um, you don't go hitting anybody. I don't think he hit anyone. He, yes, he, he was attempted to. Yes. He got a bit heated. Yep. And thank goodness. I mean, if you see the pictures, it's on um, MajorOnline.com. Yes, MajorOnline.com. Yes, and it's on our Twitter feed yep. and our individual feeds as well. Thankfully, he was stopped before he could do anything silly. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but, of course, it's not a good sight. Yep. And yet, I like the preamble that we could give. Mm. Sometimes passion spills over. Yeah, it does. This week, we saw Romelu Lukaku and Ibrahimovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was on live TV. Yes, right. I mean, there are videos because, you know, the stadium was hollow and empty. Yeah. The pitch side microphones picked everything up yeah. and they were gracious enough to insult each other in English so we yeah. could hear, we could hear yes. <laughs> you know uh, yeah. even though Ibrahimovic is Swede and speak Italian yeah. and speak Spanish he he, he insulted Just Lukaku's English. mother and wife yeah. um, in, in English yeah. Lukaku speaks uh, what Lug- uh, Luganda yeah. as well yeah. he also speaks uh, but whatever, what, what, French, not French, the, a bit. He speaks French. French. Uh, that there's another one, Flemish. Yeah, he has got about four. He's, he's he's speaks Flemish, a bit yeah. of Italian, yes, as, Italian well. as well. Yeah. But he was gracious enough to insult him in English, English as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we could hear that. So it happens. You see, it happens. That's okay, what I'm yeah, saying. Point, I mean, yes. they are not savory scenes, yeah. but it happens in football. Yeah. And for me, I, a couple of listeners may not agree, but okay. this is the sort of 
you know, titillating action are league neat. <laughs> These are some of the headlines are league neat. I mean, have you seen the pictures? Yeah, I've seen the pictures. And we had action. photographers there who took the pictures in HD. Yes, HD. They so did. you can see the policeman Justin Ignatius Fosu, his small buttons like that. Well, yeah, I know, I know, you know? You carry, yeah, I know, I know, I know, and you know, a little like, bit like about... Like the Jossie part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit about the refereeing is that, Oracle, like, you know, all over the world, referees are not perfect, VAR is not perfect, exactly. nothing is perfect. Exactly. So, um, you want to keep your emotions in check. I think that's just where we can put it, right? I think so, but... But it's all about 100%. It can be 100%. <laughs> for me, I actually blame the referee more than the, the coach. Because, look, players insult referees all the time. So you have to keep your cool as I a referee. I think as a referee, you need to keep I say your human cool being too. No, but you need to understand that you have the power. Oh, record, oh, record, if I feel like you've crossed oh, the line this was going words, on for some time. It, it went on for some time. No, but George, yeah. when a player goes on for some time, yeah. remember, the you, you, have the you as the referee, you have, you have the, the control. Okay, you can decide, right. look... He's insulting me. Come and send him. Yeah, you can just communicate to the referee. Look, I don't like what he's saying. Come and send him off. Yeah, then you send him off. I think that he could have been more mature. He could have handled this better because the moment you also insult him, then it triggers everything. But yeah, but like the referee, mean the guy already. Well, so that's just the first bit of, of what we've got to do. We know, we know that um, Bechebe United have taken all three points, and um, they are top of the league. For top now. of the league for now. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, there are important games coming up, like this game that we're going to be having live commentary on uh, tomorrow at six pm. You want to join us? It, it can really change everything at the top. Olympics up by two goals to zero. That's a good one. Brilliant goal from Samuel Abeasi. Magnificent strike. Obi Junior. Is the man who has put them in front. This is a... what I have to say to Olympus uh, they should know that we are their parents. We are in the world before they came. We are their leaders. What is original I'm a What was your What was your What was your What your What of Ghana football. Yeah, we do agree. But we are the traditional owners of Accra. They are saying that they are Agosway. We say never say that. You can go to the cemetery. You will find the bulls who are rotting. You will see the bulls are still alive. Only Dade. Only Pyoto. Only Rosalinda. Only Bakadasala. Be quiet and cheer us up. We are the famous. Hustle folk. We never say that. Phobia. Phobia one back. <laughs> All right, so we're looking forward to this game tomorrow. I think for tomorrow it is Oli 99.7. It's 99.7 of Oli 99.7 FM. We've got live commentary. Gary, what, what are, uh, you know, teaming, you know, audience expected to uh, look forward to there? I mean, Olympics for the uninitiated in this season have been good. They've been stellar this season. They've been great. Um, a plethora of factors have contributed to this, not least coaching. Anna Walker, who was in charge of the team, you know, got ill and they lost a bit of momentum for about four games. But they've bounced back because you have two former Ghana internationals in Yao Prekon and um, Godwin Atram in the dugout right now. Mm. And they seem to just continuing off from where Anna Walker right. left off. And they have quite a number of interesting players there. Mm. On their flyer today, I think... The exciting young man, uh, Manan, was the player they used. Yeah. You know, the young player who yeah. everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. His nickname, uh, mm-hmm. interestingly, is Lukaku mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And he, we are here to see him actually explode. Yeah. But the Olympics fans are saying he's going to pick his moment tomorrow against their old enemy yeah. to I do so. Work, yeah. And Hearts of Folk themselves have been on a, on a, on a wave, a crest mm-hmm. of a wave. Mm-hmm. And it's been interesting watching those two teams go at each other. So you, if you watch the table right now, for the first time in years... There is something actually to talk about. Eh? Yeah. You cannot expect it to be a railroad performance. Eric was showing me some statistics today that show that from the year 2000, Hearts of Folk have absolutely dominated Olympics and beaten them black and blue as well. But that may change tomorrow because Olympics are a informed. good They've got team. players. I walk over and the can cause trouble. Among the 1,000 accolades that they have that we had, you know, <laughs> the guy say in the, in the sound clip that you played, yeah. was one of the official poster for the game mm. today. Yeah. So they had only this, only that. Mm. And the one that killed me, mm. 
Only a washian. I mean, I washian say. I washian school. That was on the official poster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Charlie, these guys. Just take only another thing to work. To work out, <laughs> Gary. So quickly, in terms of our, our broadcast, um, right after Rhythms A to Z, we're heading straight to across Ball Stadium. Tomorrow. Yes, Rhythms A to Z, as you know, uh, and we'll end at five fifty-five yes, tomorrow for us. It's now. three to six p.m. But they are going to end at five fifty-five so that we can have a very short segue into the game. Yes. Six p.m. is the kickoff. Olympics, like I said, um, are doing well this season. They are seventh on the table and hearts are third. Mm. But don't take my word for it because the points difference between them is like this. Olympics are seventh with 15 points and hearts are third with 16. Uh-huh. So just one point between them, <laughs> which makes it even spicier. That's right. I mean, for Joy FM commentary, you know what mm-hmm. to expect. Yes, man. Much of the same stupendous quality. Yep. And we are going to include you every step of the way. 6 p.m. is the kickoff. The team will be there for the Manchester Derby. Well, it's good. Today, I got everybody on the team doing one or two. Gary's done with his job. Oriko will stay with more coming up. Mubarak is going to start with his duties now to tell us the rest of the Ghana Premier League games. And he's standing by as well for the Manchester United debate. Hello? Uh, Manchester United, are they really tight to contenders? Oh, they're still pretending. All right, let's get on to this right now. Which other games are we to expect then? There are three special derbies to look forward to on match day 11 of the Ghana Premier League. All eyes will be at the Accra Sports Stadium where Accra House of Folk welcomes City adversaries Great Olympics on Saturday. The Phobians have found their mojo since Costa Papic took over the reins in December. The Serbian has mastered three wins, two draws and one defeat in six games. His tactical acumen will be tested when they come up against Great Olympics who are one of the most informed sides in the league. House of Oak have won six of the last seven meetings of this fixture and with the other ending in the draw. Great Olympics are enjoying a run of good results this term and will be in a buoyant mood to face Accra House of Oak. Great Olympics sit sixth with 15 points with House of Oak in third position with 16 points after a run of 10 games. Ashanti God remain one of the few clubs that are yet to taste a defeat at home this season but they face an Ashanti Kotoko side who are undefeated away from home. The Miners are the highest score team in the competition with 20 goals. However, their biggest concern is their defense as they have kept only one clean sheet at the Lenclay Stadium after leaking six goals in the process. Ashanti Gold have won six, lost two and drawn two in their last ten meetings against Ashanti Kotoko at the Lenclay Stadium. Karela United and Mediama Sporting Club will go up against each other at the Crosby Ewa Memorial Park in Enyinyase. Karela United go into the game as huge favorites because they have won all their five home matches against Inter Allies, Dreams FC, King Faisal, Elmina Sharks, and Brecum Chelsea. Striker Diawisie Taylor is available and he'll be looking to add to his goal tally against Mediama Sporting Club. However, the Takwa Base Club have won and drawn against Karela United since their friendly encounter two years ago. Ediana Stars would need to build on their 1-0 win against Asante Kotoko when they welcome Ebusia Dwarfs as a victory in the game will propel them to the top of the standings depending on how other results turn out. We have just played 10 matches but it feels like the time is running out for entire allies who are in the relegation zone for quite a while now. The 11 is to 1 charges cannot afford any more slips as they need the points to pull themselves from the drop. They must win when they host struggling side Legon cities at their crossball stadium on Sunday. Wafa have gone two matches without a win and so they need to claim all three points when they face a bruised Liberty professional side. Dreams FC also head to Elmina for their encounter against the Sharks with their confidence high. Bottom placed King Faisal will take on Brekum Chelsea on Saturday at the Ohene Ameya Park in Techima as the two teams battle for survival. The visitors lie in 15th place, one point above the drop, and will fight for their first away point having gone five games without a win on the road. King Faisal have won one, drawn four, and lost five games, amassing only seven points from a possible 30 and are in search of a second win this season. The match promises to be intense and competitive. Oh yeah, March day 11 of the Ghana Premier League started with some fire. Bechebi United beating Techiman 11 won by three goals to one and uh, momentarily at the top of the Ghana Premier League table. That's a lot to look forward to. Let's now get into uh, the Joy Sports BBC two-way series. So much to talk about. John Bennett back on. Yeah, we had to talk about Thomas Tuchel. In fact, Chelsea fans will enjoy maybe the first five questions or so and then we got into the others. Enjoy this. We're back with more.
Thanks, Sean, for your time this weekend. Always a pleasure to have you in the locker room. Let's start with my Chelsea. And yes, everything has moved very quickly from the sacking of Lampard to the appointment of Thomas Tuchel. More on the new manager shortly. But have the sacking of Lampard become that necessary? Per the Chelsea board statement. Hi, George. Great to speak to you again. I'm in two minds about the sacking of Frank Lampard. On the one hand, I think it's harsh. On the other hand, I can see where the Chelsea board were coming from because I've talked about this a lot with you, George, and I think you probably agree with me as well. I never saw an identity in Frank Lampard's Chelsea. I never saw what he was trying to do with the team in terms of a style, in terms of a way forward, in terms of a consistent team selection, what his best 11 was. I couldn't see a direction of travel. So that's why I think Frank Lampard was sacked and, of course, the big fear that they wouldn't get into the top four and they probably felt they needed to change things now to try to get into the top four. And the fact is, with the likes of Leicester doing so well, West Ham doing so well, Southampton as well, it makes it look bad, doesn't it, when you see Chelsea in a low position in the table. So, on the one hand, I think it's harsh because, yes, Frank Lampard had a lot to deal with when he came in last season, the transfer ban, the departure of Eden Hazard. But on the other hand, I can see where the Chelsea board came from because... I just couldn't see where this team w- was going. And in Thomas Tuchel, they've got a coach who has a clear identity right from the start. Now let's talk the appointment. Thomas Tuchel already supervised his first game. John, what does Tuchel bring to the EPL? And is Chelsea the perfect team for him? He brings a very good track record, did amazingly well at Mainz. I've been to Mainz a few times to visit, talk to the people there. They all say he was a fantastic coach and following on from Jurgen Klopp was not easy. Um, Borussia Dortmund, there were some positive results. Question marks there because he fell out with people, fell out with the hierarchy, fell out with some players as well. So that's a big question mark. The CEO of Borussia Dortmund once said that he's a fantastic trainer, but a difficult person. And I think Chelsea may well see that over the next um, months and years if he stays that long, if we can talk in years when it comes to Chelsea managers. And he did well at Paris Saint-Germain. I know there were difficulties. There was a lot of politics off the pitch, but he did get them to a Champions League final. We can't forget that. And I, I think he's fantastic at working with players. He'll, I, I think the likes of Kai Havertz, Hakim Ziyech, Timo Werner, who are used to a style of coach who will work with them very hands-on, day in, day out on the coaching field, will love working with Thomas Tuchel. From what I hear about Frank Lampard, he was more hands-off, more of a manager rather than a coach. But I think those type of players will, after their, the clubs they've been to, like Ivy Leipzig, Ajax and Bayer Leverkusen, they will love working with Thomas Tuchel because he's very hands-on as a coach. So I think that that's, that's a really positive thing for Chelsea. And straight away we saw that. I know it was a draw against Wolves, but straight away we saw that there was an identity. There was, like I said, a direction of travel, a way of playing. And I think we'll see that as the season progresses with Thomas Tuchel. He's a he's a real coach, and I think he will get the best out of the players. There were noises of players falling out with Frank Lampard, and perhaps the reason for many below par performances, considering the sudden change of performances. Um, you know, for the likes of Kai Havertz, who covered more kilometres than anyone against Wolverhampton Wanderers, can we believe those stories? There are always going to be unhappy players in a team, especially when you've got a squad where there are certain players not playing, not getting a look in. There will always be unhappy players. How much of a falling out there was, we don't know. But I'm sure, as I say, that Thomas Tuchel will start getting the best out of a Kai Havertz, out of a Timo Werner. I like the fact that he gave Havertz more of a free role, a bit more freedom against Wolves. Havertz is, is a superb player. You don't become a bad player overnight. It's difficult to move to a new country. It's even more difficult to move to a new country when we're constantly in lockdown as we are now. Uh, I know that he was out with COVID-19 for a little bit as well. So Kai Havertz has had a difficult time. We need to give him a bit of time. And I think Thomas Tuchel is the perfect manager, perfect coach to get the best out of him. So it's Chelsea against Burnley. And just like Wolves defended with the intent of counter-attacking and trouble Chelsea, it appears more of the same as expected. How do you expect Tuchel to tweak his team on the weekend. Yeah, you're right. It's going to be similar, isn't it? Burnley are going to sit back. They're going to soak up pressure. And just as against Wolves, Chelsea are going to have to hope they break them down. It was interesting to see the back three. Will he persist with that? I I, I think he will. I think he would have liked what he saw 
from Callum Hudson-Odoi at right wing back. I think Ben Chilwell was disappointing. I wonder if he'll keep his place um, against Burnley. Um, I, I hope that Kai Havertz is given a chance in the freer role. I wonder if Christian Pulisic will start. I, I would be quite worried if I was Christian Pulisic by what Thomas Tuchel said. He said that he likes Pulisic as an impact sub. That won't that won't please Christian Pulisic. Will Mason Mount get a chance to play? He was complimentary about Mason Mount after the game, but I wonder if he sees him more more of an impact sub. So his team selection will be interesting. There was a lot of talk, wasn't there, on social media? when the team came out for the Wolves game. But this team selection against Burnley will be even more interesting. Let's talk Manchester United next. The Red Devils had their 17-match unbeaten run halted by the struggling Sheffield United. How does that performance dent their title credentials? It's just one game, and there's still just one point behind Manchester City. But I do think, and I wonder if you agree with me, George, I do think it's significant because... Manchester City have that game in hand. So effectively, I see them as four points clear at the top, which is a big gap even at this stage. And also the performance was disappointing. The lack of intensity. The the players that came into the team who haven't had a chance recently, not doing very well, not being up to the task. The likes of Matic. And you're going to need those as well because European competition is coming back. He will need Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to rotate the squad. Actually don't want to criticise him for his team selection. It's okay to say in hindsight that Luke Shaw should have started, etc. But when you look at it, he has to rotate his squad because of the amount of games coming up. It is so hectic with the Europa League coming back. There's an extra round in the Europa League as well compared to the Champions League. So I'm not going to criticise Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for his team selection. But I thought the performance and the lack of intensity, the complacency was really worrying. And again, David De Gea's performance in goal was a big concern so even though it's just one game even though we can't just can't get carried away just yet I do think it was a significant defeat and for me Manchester City looked like huge title favourites and after a string of good performances it's the Gunners who take on Manchester United and the weekend's headliner Arteta's men meeting the Red Devils at the right time and can we talk about the acquisition of Odegaard by Arsenal as well well I actually think Arsenal were a bit disappointed to see Manchester United losing against Sheffield United because you've got to expect a reaction from Manchester United this weekend. You have to expect that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer will pick his strongest team. They're out for revenge after Arsenal beat them earlier this season. Uh, Since then, of course, United went on a great run after that. Arsenal had a dip and now they're back in form. They've won five of their last six games. Martin Odegaard coming in. I wonder if he'll start. I I think he probably will start on the bench. Although you have to think that to sign on loan from Real Madrid, he would have been promised game time. But he's only just arrived, so I wonder if he'll he'll start on the bench. He's a really good player. If he can recapture some of his form from Real Sociedad last season, then I think the Arsenal fans are in for an exciting journey with him in the team. Um, I like the way that Arsenal are playing. I like the fact they've got an identity. I like the fact that I'm saying this again, there's a bit of a direction of travel with Arsenal. There are still problems. We wonder if Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will come back into the team after his personal issues. We wish him and his... Mum, all the best, of course. She's been having health problems. Um, But a fascinating game. It's not like the Manchester United against Arsenal games of old, but still a lot to entertain us. John, has advantage Manchester City at this stage, a point above United and a game in hand. Is this the kind of position that provides the room for another City domination? Yeah, I'm starting to think the City are going to run away with it. I have to say they've won 11 games in all competitions in a row. That's without Sergio Aguero. So when he comes back in, I mean, it's going to be frightening to see the improvements. For me, it's all about how teams cope now that the European competitions will will come back. The Europa League, the Champions League, how will they cope now? And it's interesting that if if you look at the title race, let's say there are four teams involved. There may even be more teams. But for me, there's probably four teams involved in the title race. Manchester United, Manchester City, Leicester City and Liverpool. And two of those teams are in the Europa League where there's an extra round where it's Thursday to Sunday, where it's a little bit tougher. And Liverpool and Manchester City are in the Champions League where there's a bit more rest time and there's, there's, there's one less round to contend with as well. So I wonder if that will have a big impact on the title race. Jurgen Klopp and his struggling Liverpool have a tough nut to crack in the flying West Ham, albeit they're putting up a great performance against Tottenham Hotspur. Many pundits are still keeping Liverpool in their books as real challengers. But we know they really have to hit the stride soon. Is that imminent? 
Yeah, you can't write Liverpool off. It was a really good performance against Tottenham. The big question for them, though, is are they going to spend money on a centre-back? All the thoughts, all the the news coming out of, of Anfield was they weren't going to sign a centre-back, despite the fact that it was desperately needed with Gomez out, with Van Dijk out. But now Joel Matip has picked up a, what looks like a bad injury against Tottenham, limped off with an ankle injury. So will that mean that Jurgen Klopp will go out and sign a centre-back? If it was up to Klopp, I think he would. But we know how Liverpool are run. They look for value when they look, look for deals. So will they want to, to spend big on a centre-back who may not be in the team for the long term? It's going to be fascinating. That's the one thing, I think, which is keeping the, the transfer window interesting on the Monday, the transfer deadline day, because at the moment it looks really, really quiet. But if Liverpool are in the market for a centre-back, that might make things interesting on Monday. John, bring us up to speed with activity in the transfer window involving the big six clubs. Uh, tell us about the potential or confirmed deals you have been chasing. There's very, very little going on. Um, we saw the report this week from Deloitte Financial Company talking about how much the top 20 clubs in European football have struggled because of the pandemic when it comes to their finances. And that's had a big impact on the on the winter transfer market so the big six in England as I say we're just waiting to, to find out if Liverpool are going to try and sign a centre back my thoughts is they, they probably won't because it's, it's getting a bit late now but we'll see that that could that could change as the, the next few days progress I can't see many other deals when it comes to the, the top six you're looking further down the table I think West Brom obviously will be looking to spend because Sam Allardyce came in and he, he said that the squad needed rebuilding but it's very difficult to bring in the players who are going to improve your squad there's no point signing players who aren't going to improve the team at this stage when there's half of the season left when you're desperate for points so it looks as though it's going to be quite quiet on Monday George I hope I'm wrong but it could be quite a quiet deadline day compared to the, the January uh, deadline days that we've seen down the years it's on February though isn't it I keep forgetting that February the 1st on Monday when transfer when the transfer window shuts. Thank you very much, John, for your time on the show. And there's more to come right now. Let's head on to find other games to look forward to. Yes, Moses Dubois has got a fantastic wrap. Cadiz and Atletico Madrid will face each other at Estadio Ramon for a match of La Liga's 21st round on Sunday. Cadiz are currently in mid-table on 11th position with 24 points, while Atleti are at the very top, leading the way on 47 points with a game in hand. Second place, Real Madrid will host Levante and Barcelona take on Athletic Club. The Bundesliga is back in action this weekend as second take on third. It's Bayer Leverkusen who hosts RB Leipzig in an important fixture at the Red Bull Arena on Saturday. Both teams find themselves in the title race at the moment and will want a positive result from this fixture. Bayern Munich face Hoffenheim as the Bavarians look to extend their seven-point lead at the top of the table. Beleaguer Dortmund who hosts Augsburg. Troubled AC Milan will be hoping to return to winning ways when they face Bologna this weekend at the Stadio Renato in Serie A. Back-to-back losses to Atalanta in the league and Inter Milan in the Coppa Italia have damped the mood in Stefano Pioli's camp and will need a win badly to regain momentum. High on their heels, Inter Milan will host Benevento. Roma will host Verona and Champions Juventus travel to Sampdoria. PSG will travel to Lorraine in French League are aiming for all three points and hope Lille, who are level on 45 points with the Champions sleeper. Lil meanwhile, who who's Dion. And in the English Premier League, one of the defining rivalries of the Premier League era enters its latest chapter on Saturday afternoon when Arsenal welcome Manchester United to the Emirates Stadium. Seven places and ten points separate the two sides in the table, but it is the ninth place Arsenal who go into the game off the back of a victory, while second place Manchester United were left reeling by defeat to Sheffield United last time out. And Thomas Tuchel will lead Chelsea for the second time since he took charge as the Blues take on Burnley. Liverpool will host West Ham and Man City host Sheffield United. Uh, so please do make a date. Uh, we have that live commentary for you. Liverpool up against the West Ham. That game is on Sunday. And then, you know, on Saturday, we've got Hartsville Cup against Great Olympics. The Mancha Derby right here. Sunday as well, we've got all the compliments of the Ghana Premier League in terms of all the games to come on that day, including the Ashanti Derby between... Yeah. Kumasi Ashanti Karako. Ashanti Gold. Now those types talk about Manchester United. Uh, yes, yeah, so there's our little debate segment and uh, we have to get onto it right now. Uh... 
Mubarak Haruna joins me on set. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, George. Yes, I can see you are doing well. Uh, Rick Wampoff, how are you doing as well? I'm good. It's a second welcome for me. Yes, second welcome for you. That's great. All right, so when Manchester United lost to Sheffield United, I am not exaggerating, but it looked like the world was very excited about it. They were knocked off their pitch slightly. Uh, but we are still left to the question of whether Manchester United are still title contenders. Many of you have said you still believe Liverpool can find their way. You think Manchester City are strong enough to do that? A few question marks about Leicester City. But let's talk about Manchester United. Um, <laughs> Rick Wampoffo says Manchester United can never be title contenders. Mubarak says they are title contenders. So let's start with uh, Mubarak on your side. Why do you think Manchester United really uh, are title contenders? What we're seeing? Well, I think when you look at the competitors of Manchester United, they are all, or most of them, have floundered this season. Liverpool are currently not in a good shape. Chelsea started the season at a point they were doing very well, then they dropped. Spurs, the same. Even Leicester City, the same. So if all these clubs are having a roller coaster season at the top of the table, then Manchester United have the chance to, to win the Premier League. Of course, City. They, they, they did not start the season on a good note. They are currently on top with a game in hand. But who knows? They can come down and United will capitalize. And of course, you look at the players United are having at the moment. They are all stepping up to the occasion. For Pogba, Marcus Rashford, Edison, Roberto, Cavani. These players are, are, are playing so well. They really need the title. We need to make a statement this season. So with other teams struggling and the players of United stepping up to the equation, not leaving the responsibility on only Bruno Fernandes. I think United stand a chance of winning the league. What happened against Sheffield United was just a blip and nothing more. Just a blip, nothing more. Reku Ampofa, how much did you take from that game though? Some form of blips do not happen to title contenders. You do not lose to the bottom play side who has won just one game and expect to challenge for the title. Sheffield have been extremely poor. They've been so, so poor that they even accepted that they are going to get relegated. They play with no motivation. A bunch of their first team players are not playing. And when you lose to a side so dejected, struggling to find themselves, imagine what would happen when you meet motivated teams. And you see, I, I, I just think that the most important factor in challenging for a title is the mentality. Even up to date, if you ask Manchester United fans, the coach, the players, are you playing for the title? We just want to take it one game at a time. We are playing week by week. We'll see what happens next. That doesn't sound like a team challenging. No one even has to ask Manchester City, are you challenging for the title? No one has to ask Liverpool, are you challenging for the title? Because they know what they are playing for. How can you play for something that you are not publicly accepting? How can you play for a title that you are not claiming? You are just there. You are in there hoping that something happens. You are hoping City flops. You are hoping Leicester slips. You are hoping Liverpool's bad run continues. You are not there because you want to be there. And you see, when you do not clearly set your objective, that's when I think you struggle. And that's why I feel like they're just... They are there... They are, they are being placeholders. I wouldn't mm. even call them pretenders. Mm-hmm. They are holding the spots for clubs like Chelsea when we find our form. <laughs> come and pick it up from them. So... They should be there and hold it. They should keep their positions warm. You uh, know, the, 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 the real land guards will come for it later in the season. Uh, Mubarak, do you have any reply to that? Look, Liverpool drew against Bournemouth 1-1. Manchester City drew 1-1 against West Brom. West Brom are in the relegation zone. So I don't get Oroku saying that we lost against Sheffield United and so we are not title contenders. Of course, we are genuine title contenders. We can win the league. We are in second, for crying out loud. In the second position. What shows we cannot win the league? Chelsea are in ninth. <laughs> Liverpool are in fourth. And all these teams are having hope of going on to win the title. And why not Manchester United? You see, let's, let's be fair and delicate in the way we do our analysis. United are in the title race. There's no doubt about it. You say you are not showing enough. But, but where George, you are. Even, even in that Sheffield victory, George. Relax, relax. You're not showing enough where you are. We went on a testing game on beating round. What else do people want to see from Manchester United? What else? We are yet to lose an away game this season. 
What else but, but, George, do fans want to hear? You have George, thrown your home form to the dogs. Oh, really? George, two questions. Against Sheffield United, you you do make a comparison that Man City also drew West Brom. But you could clearly see that City lost because, or they dropped points because they were unlucky. They missed chances. Also they pushed. How were you unlucky against Sheffield? We scored. You and scored the and they scored up. again. You scored. No, the goal scored. was, was Riley Rudolph. No, no, there was a, there was a no, foul in there. Sheffield looked comfortable. They, they were Sheffield United's first goal was dubious. It was no, illegitimate. I'm, I'm but, just saying that you didn't pressure them. Seven, no, Mubarak, Mubarak, just a quick one. You you lost to Sheffield when you were in form. My, um, At Manchester, home. Manchester City were now finding their form. But mm-hmm. once they found form, they're going all the way, aren't no, they? They, they, are not, they, they will drop, of course. You, you we are, seen, we are, we are having a weird season. They are going to drop. It's... It's just a matter of time. And and one one more thing, you know, he mentioned that thirteen game run. Um, I want him to, you know, redirect me to a game in that run that Manchester United fans were not at the edge of their seats getting to the end. A game that they won comfortably. We beat Leeds United by six goals to two. Oh come on, Leeds! Even Jose Mourinho scores four goals against. No, no, no. no. Ah, Jose Mourinho scores. Jose Mourinho doesn't attack. Come on. Apart from Leeds, which top team have you met and beaten? To show that you deserve to be champion. I don't have them off head. You, they drew off their big games. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, these are the teams you're supposed to beat. You're supposed to beat Chelsea. Chelsea right. were at their lowest. You couldn't beat right. them. Right. You couldn't beat Arsenal when everyone was beating we them. We will be back next week to see. Maybe we've got the Ghana Premier League topic for you. But thank you guys for putting this through. Let's see if Manchester United end up winning the league or if indeed Chelsea is able to find a way <laughs> right away from knife, you know, back up there. <laughs> You've been on the locker room. Everything that you need and more here. I'll join 99.9.